This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. Got a little discount to bring them back this week. It's Time Out with Shore Sports. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, we're presented by the Preston Automotive Group and Wow, episode number 11 about to take place after a wild weekend of sports. Yes, it was. College, NFL, and a lot to talk about the high school level, too. Yeah, it really is. Plus, today, uh, I'm excited about this. We're, we're going to talk with Betsy Greeny from College Placement Consulting. Going to talk about the college choice uh, process and what they do. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, student athletes that are maybe wanting to get recruited and things like that. So uh, excited to have her in here. I think that's going to be a very informative um, interview and also uh, to help some of those out there that, you know, thinking about maybe going to college or, you know, not sure what college to go to. So uh, it's a huge decision. You well know with two, yes. two of your own who had to make that decision. That's four years, and I mean, you don't want to have to transfer if you don't have to. So you need to take a lot into consideration, and it's a it's a huge choice in your life. And it's four years that can be very rich and rewarding for you. But yeah, you need to make uh, as best as decision as possible. So my oldest kid went to Virginia Tech for five years, and I didn't go to one single game. Right. Mm-hmm. So I told you I've already got tickets to go see uh, Jamie M. Franklin. Yes. Uh, in Duke. Right. Uh, against Virginia Tech on uh, November 13th. Mm-hmm. Well, my kid, Trey, my youngest, you know, boy. Right. Uh, went to his second game at Virginia Tech this past Saturday. And I'm Jones in to go. So I've decided <laughs> that I already bought tickets. I said, my wife, who's not going with me in November, I said, you got to experience Lane Stadium. You have to. <laughs> oh, I see so, how this is going. So okay. I bought tickets to go see uh, Virginia Tech in Syracuse at Lane Stadium. You know, and my son's like, oh, no, if you really want the experience, you got to come to Notre Dame's game. I'm like, son, I'm working. I, right. I can't. And, oh, by the way, the tickets right now are like $160 yeah. you know, for that game. Well, then come to Pittsburgh. No, no, son, I'm, I'm working. I have <laughs> So I, I can know. pay for your tuition, by the right. way. Right. <laughs> so I said, but uh, I will come on the 23rd. Okay, well, if you can't come to me there, yeah, that'll be a good one, too. I, I kind of figured it would. It's Virginia Tech. They, they sleep on everybody. So Virginia Tech Syracuse is this Big East football we're talking now? Well, yeah, I know, right? No, yeah, right. of course it's ACC, but yes, yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm excited to go to that. Of course, uh, uh, next week I will have uh, uh, Alabama tickets for Southern Miss. So looking forward to that. My daughter went to her first Alabama game this past uh, Saturday. Yeah, Nick Saban was not happy with the way that they played against Mercer, even though it was a blowout win. Well, it, it wasn't by a 60-point margin. It was only by, what, 38, something like but that. But as a coach, you would want that. No, I understand. You, know, I understand. you would want that. High standards. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So, I mean, yeah, we had a few blowouts of our own here on the base side. You know, we'll talk about yeah. those next. Sure. Right here coming up. <laughs> Timeout with Shore Sports brought to you by the Preston Automotive Group. Hey Delmarva, it's Truck Month here at the Preston Autoplex. You can get huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, Lincolns, Mazdas, Nissans, Hyundais, and Genesis, and pre-owned vehicles, all at one location. During Truck Month, you can get 0% financing on select new vehicles with approved credit. You heard that right, 0% financing. So come see us during Truck Month here at the Preston Autoplex. 
located on the corners of routes 318 and 331. And remember, you can always shop for your next vehicle online and we'll deliver right to your door at PrestonMotor.com. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance, located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle in the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at theedgetrainingacademy.com. Back talking high school football from this past weekend. And I knew, I knew it had been a long time since North Carolina had lost to Y High. I didn't realize it was 2012 long time. Yeah, that long? Nine years. Yep. I yep. mean, And that game was a close one as well. I, I don't remember the exact score. I want to say 36-27, but don't quote me on that. So this game here on Friday night, which was our Preston Ford game of the week, yeah, you know, it was 44-20, but the Bulldogs really close through much of this game you know, into and through a good part of the third quarter. Was, they got it to 26-20 mm-hmm. at one point. They were down 19-6 at the half. But I got to tell you, being back here in the studio running the game, though, Mark, I never felt confident that Caroline was going to win that one. Yeah. Especially, I mean, and, and a bad omen right off the, the kickoff. Then there was nobody within 15 yards of that kid. I mean, I don't know who got out of their lane. But, I mean, the center of the field was wide open. And the guy was off to the races. I mean, the, yeah. the kicker wasn't going to hit poor, poor Helix. He, he didn't stand a chance. And you would never think center of the field. You think about, okay, the special team's going to one side or the other and over-pursuing, and then a cutback either on the left or right side. But right up the middle, you you, you don't see that as much, right. usually. Yeah, so uh, yeah, they got behind 7 nothing, And uh, then it was, what, 19-6, I think, at yeah. the half. Right. Uh, and then, then they came out. That first drive was they very did. impressive. Coach they Griffin did. talked about that. How they came out and they really took that momentum, but they could never get the stop that they needed. And that was the thing. I mean, that's where, okay, are you going to be able to stop Wicomico's running offense? Or conversely, offensively, are you going to be able to eat up enough time on the clock and keep their offense off the field and try to beat up any two-way guys that they have on the line uh, so that that helps your defense out? And that that never really happened. The one thing we talked about all year from the very beginning when we started doing – you know, preseason stuff. The one thing about why high, we knew they had athletes. We knew they were pretty darn good. Did they have the discipline? And they had it. They and, did. And they had it, and they were able to overcome their mistakes, and they came away with a huge win. And really, for me, it was a statement win. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to, quote-unquote, arrive – You've got to win those kind of games. And, you know, whether you just want to look at it from an individual program standpoint or for the Bayside South being more competitive and winning games against the North, well, you check both boxes there. You talk about the Bayside South, and we're talking about why high. Uh, but Parkside got their first game in, and J.M. Bennett got their second game in. Mm-hmm. And I felt good for Bennett in the fact that, one, they led a part of that game, and two, they played better this week. Uh, against Parkside than they did against Decatur. Now, mm-hmm. completely and a completely different style that Parkside has compared to Decatur. Right, and so I was glad to see that 
for Bennett and Coach Dustin Mills. And yeah, I think for them, it's just going to be a building process. But it was also, I can only imagine what Coach Brendan Riley was feeling, being able to get back on the field. Right, as we find out. Now, we knew that COVID, uh, unfortunately, put a crink in their week one plans. But... Coach Riley said on Overtime Live that he was cleared for game day. And earlier that week, uh, Coach Glenn Phillips, our offensive coordinator, he had a baby on Labor Day uh, Monday afternoon. And he did make practice on Tuesday, which was their offensive practice. I don't know how the rest of the week went, but it, a, a very, uh, a very, um, trying to think, a, a very interesting situation there or a discombobulated situation where you don't have all your coaches and you didn't get to play week one because of COVID. And I don't know about players being cleared at different times and all that. But, yeah, and, and that may explain why it was a scoreless first quarter. Then Bennett goes up 6 nothing. They missed the extra point. Then Parkside scores late in the first half, takes a 7-6 lead. And then they would score, what, another 22 points before Bennett got on the board 29-14, your final yeah. for Parkside. But it was good to see them get on the board. And, uh, you know, of course, Parkside, I know they like being back on the field. And uh, they'll, you know, go at it again next week. Now, the thing is, you know, we talked about North Carolina. They they did open tough. They had Queen Anne's. Then they had uh, the Y High. Mm-hmm. But nobody had it tougher than Colonel Richardson. Hey, poor Colonel. I mean, they right. opened with Y High. Right. And then six turnovers in that one. Yep. And, and then with, with Ken Island, big bad Ken Island comes in and beats mm-hmm. them 40 to 8. Yeah. But what, it was 30 nothing at the end of the yeah. first quarter. But yeah. can you, the, the, the morale, the, you know, the heads are hanging at, at, at Colonel Richardson. They'll start playing competition more in their numbers, you know, coming up. Yeah, they've got Washington this week on the road. And that's where there are cases here where 1A is playing 2As or 3As. It just, it's different. And. It's not. It's just not the same, Mark. And you'd like for it to be the case where it didn't have to be that way for him, but it is. And it'll be interesting to see. Of course, Cambridge plays James M. Bennett. That's a 1A against a 3A this Friday. And there are just some disparities there that show up quite glaringly, unfortunately. Well, but the numbers, I think, I think Cambridge has more football players than J.M. Bennett does. Or, or, they they're, actually, or they're going to be equivalent. Actually, they, you're right, or right around it. You're right. Yeah. I, I don't know if any players got added when school started at Bennett, but, but actually you're right because Bennett started out, we know, with 28, and Cambridge, if I'm not mistaken, had about 32, I believe, to start the year. You talk about Cambridge, Toby Peer getting his first win as the Viking head coach, 48-14 over Snow Hill. And <laughs> that, that's got to help those guys, though, even though, I mean, it was Snow Hill, but it's got to help them getting that W and getting the that monkey off their back. Yeah, and I'm only chuckling because, and I'm very happy for him and the staff and the players. I only chuckle because he was very candid with me about the fact that there are some good days of practice, some bad days in terms of learning the new scheme. And I said, Coach, is there any particular group, though, that may be ahead of the curve? He said, there's not one group that's ahead of the <laughs> curve. <laughs> it was very candid, but he was, when we finally caught up because he had some bad cell service, he had gone out and he was with some friends and family, uh, maybe some of the other coaches celebrating that first win as Vikings head coach. And Mark, I think you and I both know once they get those systems implemented and such, the talents there, that's just the first of what is likely many to come in years to come for that staff. No doubt about that. We'll continue to talk about the Bayside High School football games coming up right here. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. 
This portion of Time Out is presented by Midshore Exteriors, handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let Master Elite JF certified and shingle master roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. So one of the other games that we haven't talked about yet, um, we did mention Colonel Richardson, Ken Island beating them 40 to 8. Queen Ants, 69 nothing with uh, Al Waters on the sidelines. And I only say that because we had gotten word mm-hmm. on Thursday that Al Waters would not be on the sideline. And I texted him Friday, and uh, he told me, I, I asked him, you know, here you're not coaching tonight, who will we have to contact for Overtime Live? And his response was, not sure yet. I'll get back to you when I find something out. And we never heard back from him. Next thing you know, he's on the sidelines. So So it made it sound like that he was essentially saying that, yes, your information is correct. I need to get back to you. Or maybe that it also was, well, maybe that decision is still up in the air about whether I'm suspended or not. And that's what I'm thinking. That, you know, the decision. That's more plausible. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. That, you know, I don't know yet. All right. There was there was word, but I'm going in for a meeting. (laughs) He didn't say that. But to me. I'm going in for a meeting, and maybe good things happened in that meeting. But at some point, at some point, this has got to stop. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is one of those things that, and I don't know what this stems from. have no idea what and why, why it was even a topic. But to help out Waters and to help his team... These kinds of things need to be in line, and that's that's for any coach. When you're starting out at a school or in a conference, well, or in a but state, he's no stranger to Queen Anne, so that's the thing right. too. Yeah, but when you're doing this, you got to make sure that you're following the rules, and as the head coach, it's your responsibility to dot the i's and cross the t's. Right, and a couple of things. You go back to last year with the the practice that took place that wasn't supposed to be taking place, and obviously there was miscommunication there between him and the AD, but those are things you've got to have nailed down. In the same way, if this stems from the player that from Dorchester County that was ruled ineligible because he was not eligible in the county that he was coming from, again, and he was candid with you at the yeah. interview at the end of the game against North Carolina Week 1 that maybe I should have done a better job of checking the all out. Well, you answered your own question there. You made the statement that's absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, you don't want these kinds of things. We know he's a good coach. We know that you know he's trying to bring that program back, and it's a young team and all that. And you're right. You don't need that. And I would say this, though. I, I guess if you're Queen Anne's, if you were going to suspend him, the game would be to do it against Washington because, with all due respect, uh, you can get away with just being suspended, and your assistant coaches can handle that. We're not talking about playing a North Carolina or a Kent Island. So, I, I don't know what happened there, but we have some, I think, some educated guesses. In, in his defense, also, uh, Queen Anne's has a new athletic director. All right, I had the benefit when I was coaching. I had experienced athletic directors. Mm-hmm. I had Henry Ward. Henry Ward then became Tim Fry. Tim Fry became in you know ended up becoming Nash Ireland. Nash Ireland, right? And yeah. you know, so I had some good athletic directors, and they make sure that you know, they know the rules, you know, probably more than you want them to know the rules. Sure, you know. But sure. as a coach, yeah. you try and find that gray area. 
and, and, and get into that. And there's not a coach out there that hasn't tried to find that gray area. Yeah, and, you know? and, I, get, and I get that. And I get that. Everybody's looking for an edge. Everybody's looking for an advantage, so on and so forth. And There were a lot of gray on. areas when I was coaching. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that could be a podcast in and of itself. A whole other story. <laughs> the gray area, starring Mark Potter. <laughs> and, and, and we'll bring in Matt Griffith. And we'll bring in McCormick. And we'll bring in uh, Sofanowski. I mean, uh, we could bring them on and on. So it'd just be a long line. Yeah. But, uh, of course, we'd have a lot. I'll plead the fifth. So, uh, listen. Yeah. But they have a big game coming up Friday at, at Parkside. Yes, Queen Anne's they, yes yeah. they do, yeah. and and I think that's going to be a good one. Um, you know, we have two good games. I think this week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's wrap up last week first. Uh, yeah, can East, can I just inter- interject real quick? Uh, back to Wicomico and their win against North Carolina. First team because it's out already. That my power poll is out. Yeah. First team that I've had number one in my power poll. That isn't North Carolina since 2017. Wow. And that power poll can be found at shoresportsmd.com. Just go to the Overtime Live page and you'll find it there. A couple of games that we haven't talked about yet from this past weekend. Uh, Easton rolling over Kent County 52 nothing. I was a little surprised at the low passing numbers. And nobody really stood out above everybody else with the rushing. It was a team effort. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they've got depth. And in terms of the passing, uh, maybe they wanted to focus more on the run game. They got two quarterbacks in. And Logan Weems had a 10-yard touchdown uh, in the game. So he got in himself. Uh, maybe just the, the game plan, what yeah. have you. But they, they dominated out of the gates there, as as they should. A good bounce-back win for them. But they're going to need to uh, step up and and show that they can beat quality competition like they did in the spring. You've got some new uh, some new faces there, and they're going to have to prove themselves all over again. Our overtime live Preston Ford Game of the Week this past weekend. Um, or, or, I'm sorry. Our overtime live Preston Ford Game of the Week coming up this Friday night is going to be Decatur at Kent Island. Decatur, of course, a nice win, 48-15 over Indian River. While mm-hmm. Indian River is not what Indian River used to be, they're still a competitive football team. Yeah, I mean, they had 14 returning starters, Mark, uh, so eight newbies, but the yeah, majority of their guys back. They had a 285-pound O-line D-lineman who apparently was also playing some back. Yeah, I mean, they've got some talent on that team, and they, they've got uh, some physical guys there, and Coach Coleman expected it to be a physical game, and even though the uh, out Outcome was by a decisive margin. Yeah, the game was closed for for a little while, and as Coach said, the touchdowns out of the gate to start the game, and then in the second half, I think certainly helped propel them. But yeah, that's a quality win, and I think. Mark, that when you look, yes, you know, Bennett is not the Bennett of 15, 16, 17, 18, but you come out, you win that decisively 65 nothing. then you go on the road and win decisively at Indian River 48-15. Good teams do that, and so you're seeing that. Absolutely. When we come back, we are going to talk with Betsy Greeny from College Placement Consulting. That's coming up right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. If someone you know is exhibiting signs of depression or withdrawal, take time to connect. Ask, are you okay? Listen closely and without judgment. Share mental health resources. For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center is here for anyone struggling with a mental health challenge. Visit forallseasonsinc.org. That's forallseasonsinc.org. It's okay to ask for help. For All Seasons is here for you. 
This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Speaking of College Placement Consulting, we got Betsy Greeny with us from College Placement Consulting. And thankfully, you're able to get with us because I, I think people don't understand, and I didn't understand, the college process. Whether you're a student athlete, whether you're just a regular student, there's so much more that you can learn out there, and that's your job. Well, thanks for having us on. Yeah. Yes, our job in my opinion, is to use the opportunity of college planning to give the students the skill sets they're going to need after college. So these are large research projects where they have to take certain tasks and break them down into small bite-sized pieces. It can get overwhelming for students and for parents. So if we have a long runway to help them, then we break these tasks into small pieces so that they are not overwhelmed and they're not missing any anything at the end of the process when they're submitting their application. So many people, myself included, that uh, thought, all right, getting ready to go to college is about the SAT, have good grades, and fill out a few scholarships and a few college applications. It is so much more involved than that, as I found out, uh, that, you know, you really do need some help to walk through this process. Well, if you think about the cost of four years... And I mean that importantly, four years, not five and six. Um, college is going to range anywhere from a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars plus. Um, that that is an expensive proposition to get wrong. So I do think there are a lot of um, pieces to the puzzle. One we start with immediately is. What is the cost of attendance that the parents can budget? Um, what are they willing to take out in terms of loans? When do they want to retire? Do they want to go on family vacations? You know, we want to make sure that we are building a quality list of schools for the students to research, not just based on program of study and other key college criteria, but also cost of attendance so that they're not sitting with a list of acceptances that they can't dive into in the spring of their senior year. And that's important to note. It's the cost of attendance is not how much does it cost. What what is the uh, the tuition and room and board at the college? Because there's so much more involved than just that. Oh yeah, I mean sticker price. Nobody pays sticker price except for certain schools. So. So parents need to understand, would I be eligible for grants based on my income and my assets? Uh, what is my student's program of study? If they can afford a little bit more in loans because perhaps they're studying something where they're going to make more money after college, that might be a good return on investment. What are some schools that allow you to get in-state tuition outside of Maryland, for example, through the academic common market? And what are good quality schools that try to bribe their good students to come with merit scholarships. All of this is data-oriented, and it changes on a week-to-week basis. So we make sure that we keep on top of all that data. 
Now, of course, here on Time Out with Shore Sports, we talk about Maryland's Eastern Shore, and it's important to note college placement consulting while based in Easton, you have students from all across Maryland's Eastern Shore. Uh, we, we do. Uh, about 60% of our kids are on the Delmarva Peninsula, and then the other 40%, since we work with all of our students um, using video chats, it's a lot easier for them to flip up a screen in between um, school practices and and study halls to talk with us one-on-one. So we, we work with kids about 40% outside of the Delmarva Peninsula all the way out to South Dakota um, and then all the way up and down from Ken Island to the shore, to the Atlantic Ocean. We're talking with Betsy Grady from College Placement Consulting. Now, when you say you work with, kind of detail what it is. For those that don't know, what is exactly College Placement Consulting? I know we touched on just a little bit, but kind of put it all in a big bow for us. We have a curriculum. We have a set curriculum of about 30 units. So we tend to start with students the second semester, sophomore year, simply looking at their academic profile, trying to help them get them themselves in place to take the most rigorous courses that they can their junior and senior year. From that baseline, we work on a variety of things that include genuine interests, digging into resume activities, helping parents understand financial parameters, helping students submit um, applications to National Honor Society. We're helping them build their body of work. We're helping them consider what are the key college criteria outside of region of the country, weather, and size of school so that they can learn to research schools that are a good fit. We're trying to get them to think of schools that they otherwise might not have thought of. Um, Though we love the Eastern Shore, we also think it's important for kids to get off the shore for a while so they can meet new people and expand their horizons. So we'll walk them all the way through sophomore year to the end of their senior year, um, teaching them these 30 curriculum units. And it helps that you have contacts with lots and lots of recruiters at these universities. I witnessed it firsthand. My daughter, who graduated a year early, applied to the University of Tennessee, and there was some information missing because she graduated a year early. And they actually reached out to you because they saw she was in Talbot County. And thankfully, they reached out to you because it put them in contact with me. And it just those contacts are so, so important. Well, it is a very data-oriented business. There are a lot of missteps you could make. Um, This is not a knock against high school guidance counselors, but they have a lot on their plate. And it is, college planning is, is one probably very small piece of all the things that they have to do. So we just make sure that all the you know I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. There's a lot of different moving parts to the application on a school-by-school basis, so we make sure no opportunities are missed um, by helping the students know everything that they have to do. That is College Placement Consulting in a nutshell. When we come back, I want to talk to you about student-athletes and where they should be right now. That's all coming up right here. Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This portion of Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, is brought to you by Perrette Therapy Associates. Located at 460 Main Street in Stevensville, let Rick Perrette and the staff get you back to feeling new again. Accepting most insurance policies, step away from the pain by calling Perrette Moy Therapy Associates at 410-604-2982. I've got Betsy Greeny with us from... 
College Placement Consulting, and uh, they are a organization that helps students and student athletes alike uh, find their way to college. You know, I guess there's no better way to say it. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're helping kids find their way to college. Yeah, we're helping them understand what are the key college criteria that are important to them through the lens of what what they need in terms of student resources, um, educational culture, campus culture, residential life, um, program of studies. So many student athletes, when they first start coming to us, they talk about it on a backwards basis. They're saying, some coach contacted me. What do you think about this school? just happened yesterday um, and I said whoa let's wait and let's talk about you know what is your key college criteria um, what kind of program of study is your student interested in what are they looking for out of a school what is their skill set in terms of the sport that they play and then let's go filter a list of good quality schools for you to proactively contact that coach instead of waiting around like a kid waiting for a prom date to be asked you're taking a proactive approach to filter schools based on everything except sports so that if you get contacted by a coach or if you get interest from a coach, you could comfortably say, I would go to that school whether I played sports there or not. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. Because I think while we all want to you know, have student athletes that are playing at the next level, the number one thing is the education. Because there's so many students that want to go play uh, a D1 or a D2 sport. And that is, that's like a job. It is a job. And they also have to understand their program of study. If I want to go into engineering, am I going to be able to be a D1 athlete? If I want to be in a pre-med program, so I'm studying biology and I have a lot of lab sciences, what if the coach says, sorry, you can't go to your lab because you've got practice? You need to be asking the academic questions of the coaches to make sure that program of study supports your academics. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and start talking more about the student athletes and and those that do want to play at college. You know, mom's got this big dream that her son's going to be this, you know, D1 baseball player and D2, D3, uh, NAIA or uh, JUCO is off the table. He's D1 by golly. Those are always the fun ones to deal with, I would think. (laughs) My goal is to talk to students about plan A, plan B, plan C, and plan D. I want them to have contingency plans. So certainly a plan A could be the dream school where they play in a D1 program. But also they might want to go to a school where they can get into an excellent school through the gym door instead of instead of the traditional admissions process. You know, some schools, because they have a talent in a certain sport, they're able to have admission criteria that are a little different. Every student brings something to the table. Some might be a high SAT math score. Another one might be the ability to play soccer. So we don't diminish any of the tools they have in their arsenal, but sometimes we like to talk to students about their talent might get them to be in a high-quality school that they otherwise might not have been admitted to. So many kids, there's a lot of kids that want to play at the next level, but when you're thinking about marketing yourself, and that's really what you have to do when it comes to when you're trying to find that right college mix and you don't know uh, you know, what that coach is thinking, the first thing I always told players to do is look at their roster. If they're heavy freshmen, you're going to have a hard time playing unless you're better than one of those kids. 
you know, when you're looking at an opportunity, you were just kind of walking through that process. You know, is there a key to marketing yourself to these schools or coaches and or going through the selection process? Well, I look at it again from the program of study and the academic side. So my opinion is that students need to take rigorous classes in high school. They need to do well in those classes. And they also, when possible, if they're if they're working towards banking a good ACT or SAT score, they need to prepare for that. If you have a strong academic profile that you can present to a coach, he or she knows that they're not going to have a problem with admissions. So they want to make sure they're not using up their special favors because they know a student that has strengthened their sport can also get in through the academic side. Additionally, they know that that student then has the grit and perseverance to play athletics and be a student athlete, and they're not going to have to worry about them once they get into more rigorous classes in college. So I come at it from the academic standpoint, have a strong academic profile. That's going to be one of your biggest selling points. And a perfect way to market yourself to a college coach, no matter what level they're on. When you're talking about, there's a lot of camps out there, uh, sports camps, and I, I guess I have a encourage kids to go do sports camps but at the same time you know you're going to a camp and the university of maryland girls basketball has a, a basketball camp every single year and they have a lot of kids go to that some don't pay some go free and they're using it you have to remember you're paying to go which means it's actually a fundraiser for the program as well and just because they said hey come to our camp doesn't mean they necessarily want you Yeah, it's not that dissimilar to somebody saying, I want to go to John Hopkins STEM STEM camp over the summer. I always say to students, if you have to pay for it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you've earned a credential on your resume. If it is something where you've been a selected player, then that's a different story. But if it's something where mom and dad writes a check for that any student could go to, it really doesn't put a lot of gravitas on your high school body of work. Let's talk about freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors. They're all in a different part of the process right now. Freshmen, do they need to worry too much about that? I mean, I know sports like um, lacrosse. Gosh, they they they're recruiting them coming out of the womb. Uh, you know, it seems. But you know, what what do they need to worry about right now? Again, I go back to the academic side. Yeah. I I go back to your freshman year in high school should be the opportunity for you to have a strong foundation on your study skills, taking good classes, getting good grades, developing relationships with your peers and your teachers and moving up the the curriculum rigor every year. I'm just noticing a theme here. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I do think also, I mean, I say this a lot to my parents, most of these students really that want to move on to the next level, are they're hiring somebody on the athletic side in terms of a club program. Those should be the folks that really can be truthful with you about your students' skill set, truthful with you about a program and whether that coach is a good fit for your student. I think that the, the club sports are important to leverage that information more than what we do. We show them all the other pieces that need to be part of the process so they're not just picking a school based on whether a coach or calls them or not to play on their team. 
So let's assume that all of our student athletes are building their educational portfolio and it's and it's looking good. Um, is this the time that sophomores and juniors start looking at the recruit, recruiting process? Or because I would imagine for seniors, why well, I don't want to say it's too late. It's a little late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I like to see the students get in front of it. What is important to you? What are you looking for in a school? What are you looking for in terms of educational culture, campus culture, residential? life. Let's filter some good fit schools that have your athletic program and the level that you're capable of playing for. Now, let's teach you how to research those schools to get your opinion on whether a good fit for you. Now, let's go find those coaches. Have your have your athletic profile ready to roll, and then let's go have you contact those coaches. You mentioned the contact. It's important to note that the NCAA has rules as to when their coaches can t- contact you you can always send an email or you know a, a text or whatever to the coach you can do that at any time um, and and highly recommended that if you have some highlight videos and it's okay to show the coach that you made a mistake mm-hmm. but it, because you can turn around and show him that you corrected that mistake and because we expect you to make mistakes that's the way it is that's where you learn yeah exactly so you know if, if somebody wants to find out that information you know would you recommend them just contacting you or should we send them to another website? Well, certainly they can go on to the NCAA site and they right. can see all of those logistics because there are different time frames for different sports. It yeah. gets a little bit overwhelming. So they can certainly go on to that site. If they would like to contact us, our first our first kind of order of business is going to be looking at the academic profile, the key college criteria, including what can the fa- parents afford as part of their budget um, for different schools to understand that, you know, Based on your student athlete, the school, you should not be expecting that the lion's share of your students' cost of attendance is going to come from them playing sports. That is the smallest percentage of students. So many people think, oh, my kid's going to go get a D1 scholarship. Well, football, they might get full rides. But most of the other sports don't. They're only a partial coverage, and they'll probably rely more on the academic help. Exactly. Particularly, obviously, a D3 school that doesn't give the athletic scholarships. They're going to find a way to attract good quality students with strong academic portfolios under the term of academic merit scholarships. Betsy Greening College Placement Consulting, I can tell you, uh, you know, you need to check them out, uh, especially if you have a kid that's interested in going to college, if you have a child that uh, uh, you know wants to play sports at the next level. Um, you know, listen, college isn't for everybody. You know, maybe, they, maybe they're a trade person. But one of the things that College Placement Consulting will do is help them go through that process to to determine maybe college isn't for you. One of my favorite things that I we do with our students is we give them skill sets that will make them successful. Things like how to use a student learning portal, how to how to do how to set up a calendar, how to learn how to write an assignment. We take them how learn how do I research using different data points. So a lot of what we do in the college journey is under the umbrella of college planning, but what we're really doing is we're we're giving them skill sets that they're going to need when they get out of high school. All very important. If somebody would like to schedule an appointment with you, how can they do that? Uh, 
Of course. You can go to our website, collegeplacementconsulting.com, and there's a button at the top header that says schedule a consult. And then we'll get on a Zoom call and chat with you for 30 minutes about your student and how we might help. Absolutely. Check them out. Highly recommended. College Placement Consulting, collegeplacementconsulting.com. You can also check them out at shoresportsmd.com under the college prep page. They keep putting more and more stuff up there as well to help guide you and give you more information that could probably steer you back to College Placement Consulting. You can't afford not to call them. We'll be back with more right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. And this portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish-speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at forallseasonsinc.org. I tell you what, what a good conversation it was with Betsy Greeny, College Placement Consulting. Very, very useful. Yeah. Very helpful. No yeah. doubt about that. I, I mentioned in that uh, interview with her, um, shoresportsmd.com. So it's ready. As, as ready as, it, as it's going to get for fall sports on there. Mm-hmm. All right. You go looking for, you know, winter sports stuff and spring sports stuff. Uh, you got me. It's not ready yet. Yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah, but the stuff now—it's full. It, it's it's there, and uh, go check it out. The neat thing is on the front page. You can always get to our podcast right there. You can always get to the uh, link to listen to Overtime Lives Preston Ford Game of the Week, and uh, you can just click on that. And you can hear it. Uh, it it's. It's been a lot of fun putting that together, and we got more stuff coming. There's some feature stories I'm working on, but I, I can't wait to do the videos. Yeah, and, and that's what I was getting ready to say. We got to yeah. get busy on that. Yeah, um, you know, to, to, in our copious spare time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, yeah. I left Harris Teeter thinking yeah. I have a little more time for me. Yeah, there's a little more time for nothing. Yeah. So. Not when you're starting a venture, not not a startup. No. Yeah, so, yeah. but it is a lot. Lot of fun. We've got some great help uh, with us. Yes. You know, we've mm-hmm. got uh, uh, Luke Matrenko just came on board. Cold Easterling's been with us. Casting Joseph. Uh, we got Taylor Walls, who is turning into a queen of everything. You know, because sideline reports from Decatur Indian River, and the audio sounded great. And it, you, you hear the background, you hear the band, you hear the fans. It's like this is taking over Time Live's broadcast game night to another level. Yeah, and uh, she's going to be in studio with Luke Matrenko this coming Friday. Friday night, co-hosting the Overtime Live studio show because, well, I'm out of town and you're out of town. And it's like, we got some. I'm not out of town. I'm in town, but I'm doing Maryland Network. (laughs) You're a uh, mile away. Yeah. But uh, but I'm doing work for uh, the Maryland Football Network. And and Mike's head is really big right now because I have four people in studio (laughs) to do his one-man job. (laughs) Where's my agent? I need to renegotiate this thing. That's right. The, the The cost of over time lives in Preston Ford 
Awards Game of the Week for this coming Friday night is going to be it's going to rival the cost of an NFL football game on CBS Network. Okay, I mean that's yeah. that's what it's going to be. But the talent will be just as good. Yeah. I'm, I'm a man that has been known to wear many hats, and I do do that here. But it's nice to have the help. But you're right. What four? I mean, that, that's a lot of shoes to fill. There. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're, we're going to have uh, on the call Matt Griffith and uh, uh, Matt Spence. Matt Spence. The Matt. Matt yes. squared. The M and M's. They'll be back uh, mm-hmm. in uh, at Ken Island mm-hmm. uh, to take care of the Ken Island and Decatur football game. Really can't the, wait for that one. Yeah. I mean, I'll be keeping an eye on Twitter from my studio office. The Rotor Rooter yeah. pregame show for that one starts at five forty-five, and the Chincheck Sports Locker kickoff is at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, Luke Matrenko. Uh, I don't mean to shade our South Bayside coaches this week, but just to simplify matters this week. Right, they're they're just starting out, so yeah. we want to kind of keep this as as simple as possible, and and yeah, just a small sample size, get it started slow. Yeah, I mean normally. When Mike hosts the post game wrap up, it could go to eleven, eleven thirty, maybe even twelve o'clock. Yeah, well, that's know? that's partly because the refs take twelve minutes, uh, twelve minutes to figure out an ejection call or not. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, Luke and them should be done by about nine thirty. Yeah, maybe I'll get a discount this week because they've been billing me extra here lately for for the uh, extra hours that we've been going. Hey, but, they had nothing in the ten and eleven o'clock hour scheduled. <clears throat> so I said, hey, what the heck? You know, you guys, you guys turn things over to me at nine thirty, a little best nine thirty. So I was behind the eight ball thirty minutes, and that's not even playing spots. Yeah, I know. So speaking of spots, we got to thank our sponsors not only for you know overtime live, but but also for ShoresportsMD.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find all those sponsors on our About Us page uh, under our marketing partnerships. But uh, it is just, it, it's so great to have the support, and we really have haven't even gone out to sell short sports md yet um you know because we wanted to have it populated and uh, you know start hearing that's people. a tech term folks yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we wanted to have stuff on there right you know so when right. you went content there, content is king the funny thing was is before we even said one word about it 1300 people on it 1326 people had already been to the website nice. and checked it out before we ever said anything yeah they found it somehow so that was cool, yeah. you know, to see those numbers. So, uh, you know, that means we can charge more. No, <laughs> just <laughs> the whole idea there is that the whole purpose of that, the shortsportsmd.com, Overtime Live, and this podcast is to promote our kids, to promote the student athletes here on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, because there's a lot of good stuff happening, and you only hear about the bad stuff. And I think it's important that we share the good stuff. So no doubt about that. And local colleges are on there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just put up a, a thing. Um, Chesapeake College Volleyball uh, played their first game last night, Monday night. Played their first game inside since, what, 2019? Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't even have a season last year. Yeah. So that's good. Um, you know, but UMES, uh, Washington, and also uh, Salisbury, Salisbury University, mm-hmm. you know, the football team lost this week. Yeah. Well, they were number eight. They were playing the number three team in UW-Whitewater, right? Yeah. And that's that's one of the top D3 teams. It's so. quite a bus ride. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that they didn't ride a bus to Salisbury. <laughs> that know. game was at Salisbury. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm know. sure UW flew on that one. I don't know. I know so. it's D3, but I'm pretty sure they flew. If not... 
Wow, <laughs> that's yeah, a bus right. ride. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, no, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, and hopefully uh, you'll continue to check it out. And if you have story ideas, you know people that d- have done amazing things, kids mm-hmm. that have done amazing things. Maybe you have a kid that's got straight A's and he's playing sports and he's an Eagle Scout, or you know maybe they've overcome uh, high odds to achieve something. You know, or maybe they play a sport that's unique. You know, those are the things we want to know about because mm-hmm. we want to do stories on that kind of stuff. Because after all, you know, it's it's fun. Bocce ball, and I, I think my high school actually has a club bocce ball team now. No surprise. Yeah. Calvert Hall. We got everything. Is there a bocce, hey. is there a bocce ball professional <laughs> league? Because I'm sure Calvert Hall sending them out there too. So, hey, we had a big win against number four McDonough Saturday. I know. We're going to move up in the in the polls today with the state uh, state rankings coming out and soccer number one in the state. Look at that. They must be pretty good. Yeah. Well, they play in a week in my ass. If you can't, uh, if you haven't been able to tell, Mike went to uh, Calvert Hall uh, for high school and then, Cardinal. and then went on to Loyola Bakersfield or something. I don't know. So. <laughs> Loyola College, Baltimore. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, anyway. that's what. He, but yeah, there are a lot of great things over here. Back to your point, uh, a lot of great stories, a lot of great players, teams, schools. There, there is so much of a story to be told over here that hasn't been, and we're looking to do that here. Hey, by the way, if you have a, a former you know player that's become a pro or something, and they're coming back to your college. We'd like to know because we'd like to come, you know, like film some of that and stuff. Maybe even talk to them like uh, Jake Coleman, like when he had uh, Ben Tate, you know, come out last Wednesday, which was really cool. He came out and talked to the team. And, uh, you know, it was a picturesque moment for Jake. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so this it, is his first game that he coached was against Snow Hill and Ben Tate. I think, I think it, was. it was. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Tate back at Decatur where he started, then he went to Snow Hill. I thought it was the other way around. No. It was Decatur first, then Snow Hill. Okay. I believe, yeah, okay. I'm almost positive about that. Okay. But he came back to Decatur and said, yeah. he, you know, see home for life, he said. So. He did. And that's good. That's good. I mean, I, that, that means a lot. But you're right. Anybody that comes back like that would be huge to have. And by the way, I don't know if you saw, trying to remember who it was, somebody that we know had posted on Saturday night that I believe was a North Carolina player that was playing slot back and was playing for a team that was playing Marshall, who, of course, their head coach is from North Carolina. So it was Caroline, Caroline. And again, just another iteration of, hey, the Eastern Shore players are all over the place. Now you're making uh, me wonder who in the I'm world Marshall to re- played on, uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and I, I, I should have written it down. I don't remember. Um, this isn't live radio, so we can do this and just <laughs> tighten it up and actually get you that information. They had played NC Central. Okay. And, well, there's uh, a yeah, there's a, a Caroline player that's playing for NC Central that played against Marshall, and hmm. they posted it. And I should have reposted it on one of our pages, and I do apologize. Well, uh, I, I don't recognize any of the names on there, but doesn't mean anything. Um, so, uh, well, that's cool though that uh, they got to do that. So, because the running backs for uh, NC Central was a uh, Jamal Curie Elliott. Latrell Collier, Josh Pullen, Davis Richards, Jordan Freeman, and Isaiah Totten. So, none of which maybe maybe it's not a slot back. Maybe a different position. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I saw that wrong. Who knows? Could be maybe, maybe a receiver or a secondary guy. Yeah. I thought it was on offense. 
but who knows? Anyway, I'll, I'll try to. But find it is it. still pretty cool. Yeah, you yeah. Know, that uh, that that was there. So, listen. Why don't we take a quick timeout? When we come back, let's uh, shift our focus. I want to talk a little bit about college? Yeah, the always exciting college football. We had game. quite a weekend number two. We really did. And this portion of Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast is brought to you by Queenstown Bank, your hometown community bank, serving the mid-shore for over 120 years. Convenient online and in-person banking, plus they have money to lend. Get more info at any Queenstown Bank location or go to queenstownbank.com. Stop the presses. Stop the presses. Maryland's 2-0. <laughs> yeah, they had a nice win against Howard. It is Howard. And Sisters of the poor. They, were, I think, were doing them a solid, a local team, 1-2-A. I, I get it. I think going forward, that probably should be a matchup they have. But I tell you what it enabled them to do, Mark, is get a lot of different players into the game. And when I see you've got you know David Faust from South River heading off to a John Carroll running back or to a running back from St. John's. I mean, you see all these in-state recruits that are playing with one another, and it does my heart good because that's one of the main goals is to you know put a fortress around the state and try to get as much in-state talent as possible. Um, so they got a lot of players in the game. Look, offense, defense look really good. They did what they were supposed to do. They didn't let those guys hang around, and they took care of business. Uh, but I tell you, they've got uh, an Illinois team that has lost two straight, a Friday night game uh, in Champaign. I'm sure that the fans will be pumped up and uh, you're certainly taking nothing for granted. I think I think Maryland could certainly go in there and get a win, but I think it would be a tough game. And then Kent State, don't sleep on them. They've got them as a non-conference uh, game the following week. They they went and played Texas week one, and they're playing Iowa this week. So uh, they'll be battle-tested when they play the Terps in two weeks. I haven't checked the headlines yet. Does Florida State's coach still have a job? Yeah, Mike Norvell still has a job. <laughs> now, here, here's the thing. People ask the question, why did he play a man free coverage at the end there and he said and and i heard on one of the satellite shows they said why did you play man free why don't you play you know three rush three and drop eight well here's the deal though there were six seconds or so left and they had a timeout so if they take take a deep shot in the middle of the field and call timeout they're putting themselves in a much better situation to be able to score so that's why they played man free because they didn't want to give up a long shot and with jacksonville state having a timeout so i get that now you still could have played maybe some some sort of prevent that wasn't that quite preventative if you will and maybe they should have done that but that was uh, norvell's explanation well and we're all better coaches on the sidelines absolutely that's yeah. <laughs> look after it, the fact it's it's a tough situation and as you know florida state the, the previous coach that was fired what a year, a year and a half in willie taggart was a year and a half in so that sets a dangerous precedent that you're not even giving a coach two years and so with Norvell taking over, some people are saying, uh, are we nearing that already? And look, last year was COVID, and I just um, I just think if, if they do that again, which I'm not saying they will, but man, they'll, they'll be a mess. Uh, but Norvell's got, had a big mess to clean up, and yeah, that, well, that wasn't good, though. It should never have come to that. So, some close games over the weekend, and some uh, so maybe a surprise. Oregon coming in and beating Ohio State. Well, that was de- that was definitely a surprise. 
because they were so physical and they ran the football down Ohio State's throat. And I know that the Ohio State DC is getting a lot of heck, but when they hired him a couple of years ago, and I think he coached uh, with them at one other point, they raved about the guy. They loved the guy, and now he's uh, you know he's the he's the villain. But no, for for Mario Cristobal um, to you know do what he's done with a Pac-12 team, Pac-12 schools are not known for trench play, and that's been one of the issues. They don't have enough depth. They don't have the kind of trench play to compete with some of the others. They did, and they ran the football down Ohio State's throat. They still need to probably be able to throw the ball a little bit better. But hey, they did a heck of a they did a heck of a job. Florida edging, not really edging, beating uh, uh, South Florida forty-two twenty. Florida and Alabama will meet up this week. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a good one. It's not as good a Florida team, but Dan Mullen's still one of the best, and we'll we'll see. I mean, that's Alabama though. So. Yeah, that's true. You expect uh, Virginia Tech struggled early with uh, Middle Tennessee, but they got by and, and moved on with a victory. And they play at West Virginia this week, mm-hmm. uh, who rolled in their contest. Yeah, well, and after losing to Maryland. But, yeah, that's a solid West Virginia team. That'll be a good game for Virginia Tech. And you had, what, USC lose to Stanford in yeah. Pac-12 play? That yeah. that happened. Um, yeah, also, well, you mentioned the Jacksonville State-Florida State game that uh, that took place. Um, you know, Michigan ran it down Washington's throat. A Washington team that was preseason top 25. Right. They lose to Montana and then Michigan, so not good for them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who else jumped up. Um, What's go going on with Navy? My goodness. They got yeah. beat by the Air Force 23-3. It's not looking good for the Navy. Well, they fired their offensive coordinator after the game, and he had been with that staff, I, I think, over 15 years, maybe 20 years. So they're, they're problems. They're one of the worst teams rushing the football. I think they only had somewhere between 35 and 50 yards rushing mark mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the game. And last year they struggled to run the football. Uh, a change obviously needed to be made, and they, they did it. And uh, that's uh, yeah, and I think they're lacking too. I really think they're lacking the kind of quarterback play and the kind of quarterback that they've had in um, in years past. And I think that certainly has not helped matters. Yeah, I mean, but why why wait until after week two? Why not do it in the off season? You know, it's just uh, well, I, I think with a guy that's been there that long, you deserve the benefit of the doubt coming off a, a COVID year. But obviously, after two weeks, uh, they felt like that that's something that needed to be done um, immediately and. I'm just going through, oh, another game. Now, this was 9 versus 10, but Iowa blew out Iowa State, yes. took care of business. They moved up to number 5, and that's an Iowa team that has intercepted quarterbacks in the last two games six times. Hmm. Um, Brock Purdy was intercepted three times, and then Penix in the Indiana game intercepted. Iowa's passing offense actually hadn't been that good, but their Iowa's defense is very, very good. Um, Texas A&M escapes Colorado, and they lose their starting quarterback. I don't know his status, but they actually dropped, even though they're 2-0 and and got the second win. Um, and then you've got Cincinnati, uh, number 8. They won, and Ohio State dropped. Penn State moved up a little bit. Um, and how about Notre Dame to or Notre Dame Toledo? Yes, Notre Dame almost lost. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's something to be said though. Remember those two teams, Florida State Notre Dame played a Sunday night high energy charged game, went to overtime. Or did it go to? Yeah, it did go to overtime. There and then a there was trap a game, yeah. field goal. Yeah. So they're on a short week. You expended a lot of energy. I don't think it's a surprise that both Florida State and Notre Dame struggled against what people thought were inferior teams. Good point. Very. I didn't even think about that. Uh, North Carolina grad David Bailey uh, rushed the ball 15 times, gained 80 yards for Colorado State, did score another touchdown. But 
Colorado State comes up short to Vandy. 24-21, and Vandy is not that good. No, I mean, but but they are still an SEC team, though, yeah. even though they're at the bottom. But a bottom SEC team is still better than a lot of other teams. But uh, you're right. Talking college football. Wow. NFL coming up next right here. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. The NFL segment is presented by our friends at an optical galleria. You know, they've created a brand new sunglass line known as Hook Optics. An amazing fit for heads of all sizes and a variety of color polarized lenses. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, on West Water Street in downtown Centerville, and downtown Easton on Harrison Street to try out a new pair of Hook sunglasses. Check them out online at eisenart.net or hookoptics.com. All right, I got to start off with my team with no name, the Washington football team. Yeah. By the way, any guesses as to what they are going to name the team? I guess yeah. they've narrowed it down, right? Well, yeah, who knows? Who knows? They, I'm so frustrated with it right now. It's not even funny. We shouldn't be doing this on a Monday. We should wait till Friday for me to calm down and get hype. Um, <laughs> you know. Just, You'll forgotten by we, them? We've heard all about the, you know, we've spent five first-round draft picks on defensive front, and we got zero pressure on Justin Herbert yesterday. We made him look like Drew Brees, and Keenan Allen looked like he was um, uh, pick a Hall of Fame receiver, Roy Jefferson, or, you know, anybody. I mean, because third and 16 – with six minutes left in the ball game, deep in their territory, and you let them convert to who else? Keenan Allen, who yeah. they converted all day to. It just drove me nuts. Well, here's the number that sticks out, and you rarely, rarely see this kind of conversion rate. L.A. on third down was 14 of 19, Mark. 14 yeah. of 19. Yeah. That's That's just, you just don't see that. And then conversely with that, you get... You know, that many more yards. And let me see, time of possession. Yeah, 13-minute time of oh, possession yeah. difference. Well, and they, they, he threw for 300 and some yards. 334. St. Justus or whatever that guy's name mm-hmm. is over on the corner. He, mm-hmm. you know, he was made to look like a JV player. And, uh, you know, and Herbert was on. And I can't Even knock with the new him, coaching staff. I can't yeah. knock him too bad because the Chargers have a pretty nice offense. They do. They but do. The th- and 20 points and we only, it's not yeah, that many. And we only lost 20 to 16. Right. You know, so. But still, when your defense can't get off the field, granted, you 20 points, you'll take that every week in terms of giving up points. But when you can't get off the field, then you, you hurt your offense and, and limit their opportunities. Well, you, we kick three field goals. You know, and that and, too. You and know, that, and that convert, you, yeah. you got to convert him into touchdowns that at some too. point. And yeah. if you well, how did you think Heineke did? I, I thought he did fine. You know, I mean, stats say he did, but that doesn't tell everything. Well, but the thing is, is he was under pressure a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, well, that's the question with the O line is that I think pretty good run blocking, but maybe questionable pass blocking. Yeah, so it'll be good for Heineke because he's got wheels. You know, he yeah. improvised uh, you know several times yesterday and, mm-hmm. and and looked pretty good. So congratulations to him. The team that surprised me yesterday were the Eagles. You know, I mean, uh, well, Jaylen they were Hurt. the question mark. Yeah, Hertz was a question mark. You know, I mean, where did that come from? The defense looked like the defense of yesteryear. 
uh, I think the Eagles were very impressive yesterday. They were, and uh, Devonta Smith, their rookie wide receiver, uh, which w- w- I certainly thought was a good pick. He helped uh, my fantasy them. team. Yes, he, he huh. did. Uh, he did very well. His first catch was a touchdown. I know uh, you know Patty's happy about that. Six for seventy-one had a touch, but Hurts twenty-seven to thirty-five mark, two sixty-four, three touchdowns, and he ran seven times for sixty-two yards. I mean, that doesn't get yeah. any better. Does Jameis Winston? I mean, did he find his match or something in New Orleans? Because he had a heck of a day yesterday. Well, and Teddy Bridgewater did too. Yeah. Well, I, I think with Winston first, uh, as we know in uh, in New Orleans, Sean. Uh, you know, Sean. Uh, why am I blanking on his last name? Their head coach. Payton. Sean Payton, thank you. Sean Payton is an excellent offensive coach, works well with quarterbacks. And that is an offense that is more dink and dunk. Not that they don't take shots down the field, don't get me wrong. But Winston played in a Tampa Bay offense with Bruce Arians. They like to take deep shots down the field. That, that's my kind of offense. Power run game, play action, take deep shots. Um, so Winston is, I think, in a more pass-friendly offense in terms of completion percentage and not necessarily taking as many chances, thus not as many interceptions. He and threw New- five touchdown passes. Right. And New Orleans' offensive line, very, very solid. Alvin Kamara there. They don't necessarily have, with the Thomas situation, uh, a marquee name at wide receiver, but they've got solid enough guys that, yeah, Winston uh, Winston looked really good. It was good to see Joe Burrow back yesterday and looking really good for Cincinnati. He did, yeah. 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 He's, he's going to be a good one. I think we, we could certainly tell that pretty quickly. Baker looked very good as well, and they just they had that 29-20 lead, and then you had Patrick Mahomes and company. That pass to, to Tyreek uh, Tyree yeah. Hill, you know, just threw it up there, and uh, they scored, and, and the momentum shifted, and Baker was trying to throw the ball out of bounds, I think, on that play yeah. where he got intercepted at the end, but they very well could have won it. I'll be interested to see them mentally trying to bounce back from that loss mark um, for Cleveland because, look, that would have been a huge win on the road to KC, and you talk about playoff seeding, you know, that win may have enabled them to host to Kansas City instead of having to go back there to Arrowhead in January. Speaking of a huge win, how about Pittsburgh beating Buffalo yeah. in yeah. Buffalo? Yeah, well, their defense kept them in the game in the first half. It was only 10 to nothing. The the offense looked pretty bad, but the Steelers, to their credit, it looks like they made some adjustments and such. They got the passing game going, and uh, they were able to continue to hold down the, the Buffalo offense. And here's the problem with Buffalo. They can't run the football, and they don't have any dynamic running backs. So that's where they're one-dimensional. So everybody talks up Buffalo as they should to Josh Allen, but they need to have a running game there. And running Allen the way they did, uh, I wouldn't run him as much as uh, Dable did. He looked pedestrian for my fantasy football team, and the one that he starts on Mahomes started on the other two, so uh, you know. Yeah. But three and zero on the week for nice. It looks like as long it, as Lamar Jackson doesn't go off. Yeah, so. I'm off to a a one and zero start. I had a good uh, had a good day. Some players good, not, some players not so good. You know, Tennessee they got whooped yes, by by uh, I was going to say Phoenix by Arizona. Um, yeah, Arizona went in there. Kyler Murray looked good, and uh, the Titans uh, they got held down. Derrick Henry and how about Chandler yeah. Jones? Was it five sacks? Five sacks and he. He wanted a new contract, and I'm wondering if his agent isn't saying, you know, on Monday, yesterday morning, hey, guys, the price just went up because he's he's ready to go this season. Yeah, no doubt. And I'd like to thank uh, Ezekiel Elliott for his impressive performance on Thursday night for my fantasy football team getting me three points. So, yeah. yeah it just, well, and Dallas losing, what, Collins <laughs> to uh, PEDs? 
Yeah. Uh, so he, yeah. he suspended five games, and then Michael Gallup is hurt. Yeah. And yeah. But your team, Washington, they've got a early uh, week uh, game, Thursday, Thursday night game yeah. against the Giants, who looked awful offensively against Denver, although Denver's got a really good defense, but it's a big year for Daniel Jones. Uh, but your quarterback, Ryan Fitzpatrick, on IR with a hip injury. Yeah, but that, that's all right. We, we, got, we got Heineke, so we're okay. So, you know, we'll pop a Heineken and watch the game. You'll be good to go. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to put a bow on this one right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. This final segment is presented by our friends at Chop Tank Community Health. Mike, I don't know if you have a doctor, but Chop Tank Community Health is accepting new patients now. And uh, they have got uh, plenty of offices around the midshore and across the shore. I've, I've seen that. Talbot, yeah. Caroline, Dorchester. And they offer dental services as well. They have a pediatrics office in Easton. Great people. Check them out. ChopTankHealth.org. Our Preston Ford Game of the Week presented by... Best Western Plus Easton and Four All Seasons this Friday night. Be Ken Island hosting Decatur mm-hmm. um, for high school football. I think that's going to be a good one. It really should be, and I think these two teams are the most balanced in the base side, uh, both offensively and defensively. They've got uh, solid sides of the ball. Uh, you know, for Ken Island, you know, they've got some guys that go both ways, and, and that'll be a question mark. You know, do they wear down or not? I think Decatur's got a little bit more depth in some of those areas, although they have guys that go both ways as well. But it'll be a really good matchup and a good offensive matchup versus defense. And I say that, of course, with Ken Island's defense against Steven. Offense. It's going to be interesting to see that how that works out. Um, you know, Ken Island, I think they can score in this game. I, I do think that they can score, but I agree with you in the sense that King Ken Island's defense stop Decatur's weapons. I mean, Ashton Snellsire is the real deal at quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's got some pretty good darn receivers and a couple of good running backs too. Yeah, he does, so. and and that's going to be that's going to be the question. I think explosiveness right now you give the edge to Decatur, and that's going to be the question: is that um, how much of Decatur's explosiveness presents itself in the game, or is Ken Island able to hold that down? I think Ken Island, while balanced offensively, is going to have to be a little bit more methodical and clearly wants to keep. Decatur's offense off the field. I think we're going to get a couple of looks at Decatur coming up over the next several yeah. weeks uh, for sure. And uh, of course, this week, as I said, uh, Decatur at Ken Island. Next week, Mike's going to be on play by play on the uh, 24th. How about that? With Parkside at Easton. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a good one as well. Yeah, contrasting so, styles there. Yeah. Spread team versus. Uh, Pro-I power team. You might get yeah. not get done till 10, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, <laughs> it's going to be high school football is just seeing the crowd. I mean, the stands were full, and they were lined up on the fence line from in front of the concession stand all the way into turn one of the track mm-hmm. on uh, on Friday night. And yeah, it's it's more than a three porta potty night, I can tell you that. <laughs> they need to bring more porta potties in for that one. Yeah. Well Nash, so, if you're listening, there there you go, yeah, right? That's right. Nash. And and look, we I saw some pictures of Queen Anne's and their home game against Washington and we know we've done playoff games there before right. and there are some really cool atmospheres there. And I know that, you know, we just mentioned them 
time. I know, uh, you know, certainly Kent Island, they've always been solid as well. They're just a late arriving crowd. They're right. They're a late arriving crowd, but they're always solid. And uh, their former booth guy was uh, very. And en- France. Uh, yeah, very energetic. I know that at Decatur, that Co- you know, Coach Coleman's really trying to build that up. Uh, Cambridge, certainly, you know, a perennial uh, successful team. They always have a good crowd come out. You hope that for some of the other programs that they start to build that. Look, County Stadium in Salisbury, renovated, really nice there. Mm-hmm. So I-, I think you're seeing that. And yeah, fans are, are really happy to be back. And um, we're, we're happy to have them back. No doubt about that. Next uh, week on the show, uh, well, I know we're going to recap Bayside football, but we'll also recap uh, uh, my parents' weekend at Virginia Tech. Looking forward to going down there. Unfortunately, no games, but uh, you know, it's still it's going to be good to see the boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in hearing about that. And uh, now, watch, watch your spending. You've already spent a lot at these bookstores, from what I understand. <laughs> I don't think you need to spend any more. I think you're good. You know? I'm leaving my wallet at home. <laughs> yeah. See, and I'm saying that, folks. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking about Mark. I'm thinking about me and Shore Sports. So. That he could spend more money on us. <laughs> yeah, because we, well, looking forward to seeing the new shirts from Chinchak Sports Locker yeah. for uh, our Shore Sports folks. No, look, I'm willing to pay for some jackets, but I, I want to get some more jackets like uh, like I got last year. Yeah, where, or a where, jacket last where, year. Where DJ hooked us up. Uh, he did. So he did. He's a huge Ohio State fan, and he went to that game. And yeah. uh, he was in Vegas last night for the uh, Ravens game with the wow. So, well, good for him. Wow, yeah. that's that's. I know it didn't go the way he wanted to, but still, a game at the Horseshoe is really cool. And then to Vegas, that's yeah. that's unbelievable. Now, me being a Michigan fan, uh, you know, I know that doesn't go over well with him, but I, I think uh, you know we're, we're able to to be amenable between and the you, two of us. You better be. So yeah. he's yeah. one well, of the I don't have room. To, no, I know. I don't. Have any room to talk anyway until we until we beat those Buckeyes at some point. How long has it been since uh, Michigan uh, beat Ohio State? Jeez, I think 2011. Oh, 20, wow. 2011. My goodness. So it's been a while. Ten yeah, years. It's been like nine nine straight, uh, ten years. Yeah, well, something like that. I feel your pain, brother. I feel yeah. your pain. They, they had a couple of close uh, shots there and uh, Harbaugh's beginning, but yeah, they got to get back on track and soon. We'll see. want to thank you all for listening. want to thank Betsy Greeny for coming in from College Placement Consulting Absolutely. as well. Uh, feel free to share this podcast. Let people know it's out there. Share shoresportsmd.com. Let them know it's there uh, so that more folks can go check it out. Um, you know, listen, we're, and I want emails. Yes. I want emails. Send Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want suggestions, comments. I want somebody to actually rip me from my power pole. That would be awesome. You know? Yeah. yeah. Outside that, of Mark. Yeah. And so. it's <laughs> my yeah, because I'm just the editor. And that thing is like, good God. Yeah. He does not like commas. I'll tell you that. It's Mike. <laughs> well, I do a spell check on that. <laughs> Mike at shoresportsmd.com. If you got something for me, send it to Mark at shoresportsmd.com. But do we do appreciate the fact that you're listening to us and uh, listen to us banner back and forth as well mm-hmm. and entertain ourselves and hopefully. <laughs> you find it entertaining to you as well so uh stay tuned we'll have another hot hot podcast coming up next tuesday number 12 my favorite number yes high school number yeah oh here we we gotta make it special this will be number 12 at (laughs) calvert hall (laughs) that'll come out next tuesday at 8 a.m thanks again and uh, you have any other closing comments no just thanks for listening and uh, look forward to uh, talking to everybody next week hey we'll do it again next week thanks for listening You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another Time Out soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.